0: This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Refer.com. If you want more clients and more business, check out Refer.com. You can receive a free report on the five biggest referral killers. Just go to Refer.com slash Eternal Leadership and try it for free for 14 days.
1: Staff actually love to answer the question, what do you think? Mm. People in general love to answer questions. They feel valued when you ask them, what do you think? And then I began to understand that when when you ask a staff member, how do you think this should be done, and they give you an answer, and you say, wow, go for it, they own that answer. They own that plan, because it was their idea.
0: Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, blogger and author of Great Leaders Ask Questions, Bob T.D. Here's how my partner, John Ramston, and I got this conversation started on this edition of Eternal Leadership.
2: All right, today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, Steve, we have uh, just a great man, Bob T.D. Bob, welcome to the podcast. My pleasure, John. Now, Bob, for everybody that doesn't know, Bob, you've been with uh, Campus Crusade, which is now Crew, for forty-four years. Yeah, you've been in campus ministry. Uh, you've helped Josh McDowell and run that ministry, and now you're really focused on leadership development inside of the Crew organization. And the work that you've done, you just came out with a book that I that I've read that is phenomenal. Um, everybody out there. Uh, Uh, needs to get a copy of this book. It's Great Leaders Ask Questions, a Fortune 100 list. And I love the quote that you start with on here because as a coach, I've seen just the power of questions and just working with people. But leadership is not as much about knowing the right answers as, as it is about knowing the right question. And so, Bob, I would love for you to just, before we really jump into a lot of the work that you're doing right now in leadership development. Just share a little bit about your journey and who you are, your background, so people can get to know you a little bit.
1: Well, thank you, John. Uh, my, my great privilege. As, um, as you alluded to, my wife, Sherry, and I have been on staff with CREW for 44 years. Uh, we joined the staff of CREW in 71, thinking we'd do this for a couple of years and then get a real job. And uh, the prospects for that real job have just never materialized. (laughs) So uh, 44 years later, here we are. Uh, As you said, we spent eight years in campus ministry in Colorado, the state of Washington, Oregon. In 79, the national director of crew played matchmaker and brought Josh McDowell and I together. And for the next uh, 24 years, I had the privilege of working uh, with Josh, directing the Josh McDowell ministry. Uh, It was a great partnership. Uh, Josh, of course, was the visionary leader, and, and in Navy terms, he was the captain of the ship, and I was the executive officer. Um, but we stepped away from that role in 2003, and for the last 12 years, have been on the leadership development team for crew, uh, developing the next generation of leaders for crew. And it was really as I uh, stepped into this leadership development role, uh, god's timing is always amazing i was in 2006 browsing in a borders bookstore of course borders is now closed but in that bookstore one of the books i found that day was leading with questions by michael marquardt dr marquardt teaches at george washington university and um As I devoured that book, God used that book to forever change my leadership from being a teller to understanding the value of leading with questions, leading by asking staff, what do they think? And I began to teach out of that book, began to do some seminars, and had just really well received. And... uh, and that started me on this journey, John, of asking questions instead of uh, telling staff what to do.
2: You know, Bob, maybe that sets up a great foundation for what we're going to talk about. You know, as you, uh, you know, you talk about in your book, Tellers Anonymous, um, you know, as you shifted into this mindset of asking more questions, what did you notice in in just uh, how you worked with your staff, uh, how they worked, how effective they were as leaders?
1: Well, what I began to notice is, first of all, uh, staff actually love to answer the question, what do you think? Mm. Um, people in general love to answer questions. They, they, uh, they feel valued when you ask them, you know, what do you think? And, um, and then I began to discover, and, and again, a lot of this, John, just wasn't rocket science either to begin to, uh, to understand that when, when you ask a staff member, how do you think this should be done, and they give you an answer, and you say, wow, go for it, they own that answer. They own that plan because it was their idea. Whereas when you tell staff, uh, you know, John, if you reported to me, and I said, well, John, uh, you know, regarding that challenge, I've been thinking about it, and here's what I want you to do. And I give you, in a micromanaged kind of way, all the details, and you take notes. And, um, you know, internally, I don't know if you're thinking it's a great idea or not a great idea, but the first time you hit a bit of a roadblock, you're likely to say internally, well, I didn't think that would work anyhow. But when it's your idea, and you, you hit that roadblock, it's kind of like, man, I've got to figure out how to get this done, because I don't want to be embarrassed, because this was my idea. And uh, ownership just makes a, a big difference.
2: Well, I, th- I think ownership is key. Now, you know, from as a leader, with somebody with your depth of experience, right? So somebody's out there, they're running a company, they're in a ministry, and maybe this task that's in front of them, you've seen ways that works, ways that doesn't work, and you're predisposed to sharing some of that advice, to telling people, to shaping that. So when you ask that question, what do you think, and somebody shares this, their plan, how do you approach maybe uh, helping somebody uh, do that better, clarify what they're going to do from a perspective of asking questions?
1: I would say, John, continue the conversation. Um, my favorite question is, what do you think? But then followed by, John, please tell me more. John, what else? Uh, John, you're on a roll. Keep, keep talking. Um, in other words, give them an opportunity to think about uh their thoughts what they're sharing in a deeper way. Not only will you hear great things, but you're actually helping them process it at a uh, at a deeper level. And uh, and then in the coaching role, um one of the things we teach our coaches to ask is, um, is you know, we talk about what's your plan to get from uh, here to there, where, wherever the goal is of there and where you're at now is here. And they say, well, I'm thinking I'll do this. Wow, John, that, that would be a great option. But let's roll up our sleeves and do a little more work here. What would be four other options on how to get from here to there? Yeah. And um, and so you help them think, and uh, it's still their ideas. And then once you have the five options on on the table, you then say, "Well, well, John, of these five options now, which one do you think would be best?" Yeah. And many times, uh, as you help them think further you will discover that uh, your idea actually also lands on the table, but it came out of their mouth and
2: out of their thinking. And that gets you back, Bob, to that whole concept of ownership. And when people have ownership and they created you know, the action plan of what they're going to do, uh, because that really links that into – you know, making it valuable, making it important for them, uh, there's a totally different level of accountability when it's their own idea that they're acting on.
1: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Um, and the uh, the fact is, as leaders – we sometimes, you know, we've gone down that path, we face that challenge, and we climb the mountain, and we climbed a certain route, and we look and say, wow, that was really wise how we climbed that mountain, and, and we had success. And so we tend to want to tell others to climb the mountain the exact route we climbed it. And, and again, an effective leader We'll ask the question, and we'll give the freedom that that staff member may have different gifts, different strengths, and um, and they may come up with a route that's different. And if we'll give them freedom, they will own that route, and uh, and then don't be surprised if every once in a while, if you're honest and you begin to see them go up that route, that you don't say to yourself, you know what. I wish I'd have thought of that when I faced that challenge several years ago. I think what they're doing is actually a, an improvement over the route I took.
2: <laughs> Isn't and not uh, true?
1: Yeah, it's 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 so true. Um, letting staff uh, approach things and and one of the things uh, it's a whole other topic, John, for another day. But in crew, we have uh, made great use of Strengths Finder. And uh, one of the things from from that book, Now Discover Your Strengths, is that each of us have been wired by our creator, but differently. And when we let staff leverage their strengths to get a job done, they're going to be far more effective than perhaps doing it our way, but maybe it doesn't leverage their strengths
2: you know that's true you know another way to leverage strengths you know part of that process bob when i'm working with people is you know once you have maybe four or five ideas laid out there and they gravitate toward one that's really connecting with them uh is is then continuing some of the questions and then asking them you know what roadblocks that they would see uh for this being successful what might be getting in their way uh other questions that i ask people is you know what resources that they need what do they need from me as the leader? What do they need from their team? So the, they are really starting to just create the the clarity of this whole process, what they need, what could hold them back, really understand what success is. So they walk out of that into whatever this initiative is that they're going to be working on um, with perfect clarity on, on how to move forward and how to do that well.
1: Yes, abs- absolutely. Well said, John.
2: You know, something you talk about in your book uh, is silence as a key tool in asking questions as a leader. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that.
1: Well, silence is actually a question, and many times um, when we ask a question, it could be as simple as, what what do you think about this, and and they're silenced. We then get uncomfortable with the silence, and so we will restate the question. Or we will do what I call stacking questions. We will ask another two or three. And instead, uh, what I've learned is that we will simply be silent. Um, the one we've asked the question of is thinking. So give them the gift of silence. Sit back. Uh, smile, uh, you know, uh, look at them, but with a very relaxed kind of feel, and wait for them to answer, because when you give them that gift, they are going to answer, and it's going to be a great answer, and um, so it's just the idea of being comfortable with silence, giving them space to answer.
2: So I was giving you a little space there, Bob. Uh, You know I did. (laughs) You know I'll I'll do that. Uh, I'll I'll never forget. I was working with a client and I asked them a question about what would prevent them from being able to do this. What we were talking about, and it had literally been thirty seconds. Uh, Personally, as a coach, I was starting to get very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to say something. I mean, thirty seconds is a long time. As a pause in the conversation, um what came out of this person's mouth next though because i I bit my lip uh was one of the most profound statements on an area that he created awareness of that would that could prevent him from succeeding and led to one of the richest coaching sessions I had had yet, so some people just need that time, like you talked about it's a gift to think and process and put it all together in their head so um i i would really encourage leaders out there to to really just you know get a callus on your tongue and bite your tongue and let people think and it forces them uh to answer the question first which means that they have to think about it and that's really what you're doing in asking questions uh you're helping people shape as a leader um Their thought process, how they think about things, how they put things together, you're equipping them with the tools to do that on their own and do it with their team. Because if you just give them the answer, they're going to expect that in the future. Now there's a level of dependency versus uh, an area of growth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have another book on my shelf here. My, My shelves are filled with books, but Multipliers by Liz Wiseman and uh she spoke at the Willow Creek Global Leadership Summit, I think two years ago on this topic, and she asked the question, "You know are you a multiplier and I would immediately thought well sure i'm I'm a multiplier and uh but then she began to ask the uh the sub question of that and and that is uh might you be a minimizer?" And, um, and she went through the fact that, that, uh, minimizers are people who are, are leaders who are too helpful. Uh, John brings me a great idea and I said, well, John, that's a great idea, but you know, if we also did this, this, and this, it would be even better. Now, if I repeat that, like, you know, every time you come to me, John, I'm saying, oh, yeah, great thought, John. You know, if you'd add this and this, it'd be fantastic. Well, soon John is thinking, man, I'm not bringing any more ideas to Bob, because no matter what I bring him, it's never good enough. And then uh, she talked about the minimizers are too helpful and that John brings an idea and I say, well, that's fantastic. You know, John, the best way to do that. And I really give you micromanaged kind of details on how to tie your shoe. And, uh, and so part of, of leading with questions is giving staff the freedom to, to answer and then own, uh, their decisions, own their ideas. And and of course, as we've you know, said uh, what are alternatives, what are other options, what are roadblocks, uh, what should you do first? Uh, we can help them with questions, but it's their their answer, and uh, they begin to own it. Uh, John, I was just thinking of another thing. Um, I'll ask you a question, John. Okay. How do you feel when uh, a colleague, a friend, or or in previous uh, working relationships, a boss, how do you feel when they ask you, John, what do you think about whatever the topic at hand is? How does that make you feel?
2: Well, I love that. Well, first of all, I like to talk. Uh, so, you know, <clears throat> being a coach was a whole new skill set for me. But you know what it does for me? It makes me feel valued It makes me feel like that person um, wants my input. I feel like I have ownership in what we're talking about. And it's a totally different feel after a conversation like that than when somebody just gives me my marching orders. Completely different uh, takeaways for me personally.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And so, John, here's the second question. If that's how it makes you feel, then how might uh, your colleagues, friends, people you supervise feel when you ask them what they think about a particular challenge, opportunity, or issue?
2: Well, and I think well, it makes them feel valued. And I think this is especially important with this millennial generation that's coming up right now. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to talk about you know this this role that you're in now, um, in you know as the head of the leadership development team for Crew. About your mission, but uh, we do a lot of work with Eternal Leadership Consulting, and working in companies, in multi-generational, you know, workplaces. But this con- this concept that we're talking about right now, <clears throat> I-, I think it resonates with every generation, but especially this group of millennials, and that's people 18 to 35, 36 years old. They want to be doing meaningful work. They want to be valued, but they also want to uh you know learn skills they want to grow they want to be in those leadership roles so they're 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 seeking to be equipped and so i'd love for you to talk about what your mission is you know in leadership development at crew bob and in how you are taking this next generation of leaders inside of this ministry and developing them because i think there's some tremendous parallels between what you're doing and the challenge that's in front of every business owner you know, I think any leader that's in all different spheres of influence right now.
1: Well, John, it's it's really interesting. Uh, what is one of the number one things that millennials are looking for in a company is will their, in other words, the, the, the millennial, will their opinion matter? Uh, another question they ask is, will my boss actually listen to me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, um, And so one way for those of us who are not millennials to be effective in leading or working with, collaborating with millennials is, again, it's what we've been talking about. It's really as simple as asking them, what do they think? How would they approach it? What are their ideas? And then listening to those. And um and you are you are singing uh, their song when you ask and listen. And um and it's something that uh, they probably do a better job than we do. And you asked we're, what we're doing to develop uh leaders. And and of course the mission of crew is uh is we state it this way, um movements everywhere so that everyone will know someone who truly follows Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, no organization couldn't grow any faster than its ability to develop leaders. And so we are focused intentionally on developing the next generation of leaders for crew. And uh, there's much content that we cover, but I would say there's two pillars to our leadership development effort. And the first one is coaching. We uh, recruit outstanding leaders from outside of crew, but from business, uh, from uh, education, government, military, nonprofits, uh, men and women who come and coach our crew leaders every other week via Skype video. Um and, and do that for free, but as a way to develop these young leaders. And, uh, it's, it's just been fascinating that, um, the results have been, we've, we've now graduated five classes. It's a two year program and we've just launched our sixth group, but we started this in 2005. And a consistent comment we get from our emerging leaders that go through this program is, I've never had anyone in my life like my coach who is there with no agenda other than helping me win and is there with with no agenda. They simply ask me questions to help me figure out the way forward. And so uh, that's the one pillar. The second pillar is, is what we call action learning, where they as a, in groups of about five or six are given a, they're called they're called an action learning team, but they're given a challenge that's facing crew, a real challenge sitting on the desk of Steve Douglas, the president of crew, or Steve Sellers, our U.S. director, or one of our other ministry heads. But it's a real challenge facing the movement and uh, this group of five or six emerging leaders has about 6 months to do all the due diligence to do the research and uh, at the end of 6 months to present their proposal to crew leadership of uh, what they think the way forward is on that issue and uh that's been another thing of tremendous value you might say it's also leading with questions because we're we're throwing a challenge at them and asking them to figure out the way forward and uh it's an incredible learning experience um another thing john that i'm fond of saying is uh You can't learn to swim by reading about it. You can't learn to swim by watching videos, even videos of Michael Phelps, all his gold medal uh, victories. The only way you can learn to swim is getting in the water. And uh, part of our action learning is the only way you actually learn to lead is by leading. And you've got to give emerging leaders opportunities to lead something. And as they get in the water, they actually start learning to lead.
0: Bob, there are listeners right now who are listening to this and saying, yeah, this sounds great, but asking questions isn't something that comes naturally to me. I get it. I understand it, but I have a hard time catching myself and actually asking questions. So how do you coach people to start to to shut their mouths and start to ask questions?
1: Um, That's a you're you're hitting the core question, Steve. And uh, what I say is that I meet a lot of people who say, oh, man, I would love to lead with questions, but uh, I just don't think I have time to develop that new leadership skill. And, and I get the impression that they kind of think you've got to get a master's degree in questionology or something. <laughs> and, uh, and I love to share with them that I can uh, teach them. Uh, to lead with questions in about 30 seconds. And of course they look at me like, how could you do that? And I say, uh, can you, we've already covered this, but I say, uh, see if you can memorize my four favorite questions in 30 seconds. So Steve, I'm, I'm going to share them with you and then I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and, uh, and, and see if you have them memorized. The first question is, what do you think? And then what else, what else, what else? Can you share that from memory now?
0: <laughs> what do you think? What else, what else, what else? Yeah. And if you'll start asking those, you'll actually
1: be on your way. Now, you know, pushing my my little illustration of the only way you can learn to swim is by getting wet. Well, the only way you can learn to lead with questions is by starting. And uh, it could be that, you know, it's like swimming lesson number one. What do you think? What else? What else? What else is kind of like learning to float and maybe dog paddle. It, uh, But you all have to start somewhere. And, uh, and, again, when you just hear those, it seems like that can't really work. But when you throw it into a real conversation, you suddenly find, wow, that does work. And um, and then I have a favorite, um, you might say, fifth question. And, and it's, it's almost like the what else. But uh, another question is, can you please tell me more? And sometimes, again, I'm thinking of leaders. I'm thinking of myself. Um, John and Steve, are you both married? I, we didn't cover this and as we got acquainted.
2: Yes, we both are, and we both have uh, thriving families full of boys.
1: Great, great. Well, I'm sure you have wonderful wives. I'm just wondering, though, has it ever happened to you like it happens to me that your wife is sharing something, and you immediately begin to answer and your wife says, uh, John, uh, uh, Steve, um, you don't even know what my question is, and you're already giving me an answer. Might that have ever happened to the two of you?
2: Bob, I think I can say with perfect honesty, that has never happened in my household. <laughs> oh,
1: well, then I want to liar. you. liar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, It I, happens to me all the time. Oh, my gosh, and, yes. Uh, uh,
2: too often, my poor wife. You yeah. know, us guys, we're, you know what? We're kind of wired to be solution providers. You know, we have that value uh, piece of us where people come to us and we want to be, you know, the smart person. We want to use our experience and our wisdom and we want to uh, sound good. So, you know, somebody comes to us and says, hey, how should we approach this issue? Or this is something up coming up with the kids or you know how do we expand the ministry we we want to be the person with the answers we're kind of hardwired to that and what you're talking about is just take a second take a pause and and instead of answering a question uh with our thoughts answer that question with that question well what are your thoughts yeah what else what are you yeah. thinking you know something else well, that indeed. i do is kind of the next step of that to really uh get some clarity on uh for, for them is, and it's a similar profile, but I always ask people once we really, when we've gone through that process, you know, is what would be slowing, what would slow you down, stand in your way and stop you from doing that? And they'll Mm. give you an answer, but then you ask, well, what else would slow you down or stand in your way? And usually you have to go through that three or four times to get to the root issue of somebody in whatever role that they're in for them to truly have clarity to identify you know, maybe where that gap is or what they need or what resource that that needs. And then you can have a as a conversation not to just give them advice, but to equip them on how to really deal with that, overcome with that in a way that they have ownership about. So it still is coming from that perspective of of asking questions, because that action plan that comes out of it, the ownership of what they're doing is being created from from them. And then they really feel valued. They feel Uh, like they've gotten better. And also you're transferring that skill of them being able to think and process and and do this on their own.
1: Yes. And and when you say you're developing that skill, here's something we see that is, I mean, very exciting. People being coached are also learning how to coach. Yes. And uh, they're having it modeled. And of course, in, in crew, all of the emerging leaders going through our program are already outstanding local leaders. And so as they experiencing experience themselves being coached by a coach who's asking questions, they turn around and begin to imitate that with the people they're leading, uh, taking a much more uh, coach approach with the people they lead than a teller approach.
2: I agree. Now, Bob, as, as we wrap up, how can people find out more about what you're doing, about your book? You have just an incredible blog. Can you, can you share that with everybody listening?
1: Uh, well, thank you for asking. I'd be absolutely delighted. Uh, my blog, you can get there simply by leadingwithquestions.com. All run together, leadingwithquestions.com. And I post uh, twice a week, every Monday morning and Thursday morning. And when you get there, in the upper right corner, you can request uh, to subscribe. And I would be honored. And then also in the upper right corner, uh, my book was released uh, four weeks ago. It is a free, let me underscore again, free ebook free uh, for anyone who wants to download it. And it is also in the upper right corner of my blog. The book is great leaders ask questions a fortune 100 list. And and John and Steve, it's been out a month, but I am surprised, delighted, and thrilled to be able to share with you that it has already been downloaded by leaders in over a hundred nations. Um, it is not available on Amazon because it's a free ebook just on my blog and it is only in ebook uh, version so uh, it's not available to uh, to buy a hard copy of it but I put it together just with this idea of wanting to help increase leaders uh, effectiveness times 10 And believing that as leaders sharpen their leading with question skills, that it will increase their leadership effectiveness times 10. So um, I'd be honored again by uh, having everyone go to my blog. And then uh, there's a place where you can request the free ebook to be downloaded. And uh, my contact information is also in there. And after you have read it, I'd be delighted to know what you think.
2: Well, and I would give it an endorsement. And I'll leave a little teaser because some of the most powerful questions I've asked in business and when I'm coaching with my clients are one-word questions. And you talk about that in your book and in your and in your blogs. So I'll leave it at that. People need to go and develop the skill of the one-word question because it'll just open up some incredibly deep conversations with the people you're, that you're uh, interacting with. So uh, Bob as we, as we wrap up here- just what final thoughts uh would you like to leave with people as they've listened in on this conversation
1: I think the the final thought is that if Bob TD could make the switch from telling to asking, uh so can you and uh it really is as easy as you begin to ask people what do they think, and then uh what could you uh what do you think? Can you please tell me more? Uh, you know, what else? What else? And you'll be on your way.
2: Outstanding. And everything that we talked about will be in the blog post. So people can just go to eternalleadership.com and search for Bob T D. That's T-I-E-D-E. And once again, your website, Bob, is com. You can also just go directly there. So, Bob, thank you so much for your time today. That was just Uh, Just a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Just tons of value in there. If people take this, incorporate it, and adopt it, they will definitely see um, uh, a change in their culture, their people, their effectiveness. Just everything is going to to up-level in an organization that is bringing in this approach into how they manage and lead.
1: Well, John and Steve, it has been my pleasure, and, and I want to thank you all for what you're doing to help equip uh, leaders like me uh, around the globe. Thank you so much.
0: If you'd like to learn more information about Bob, his website, or his book, just go to eternalleadership.com 108. That's eternalleadership.com 108. This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by refer.com. When John was building a $300 million book of business for his financial advisory firm, he used spreadsheets, calendars, CRM, etc. to manage relationships and get business and referrals. Refer.com automates all that work in relationship management. Both John and I use refer.com and we can't recommend it highly enough. Go ahead, try it for free for 14 days refer.com slash eternal leadership. And as I said at the top, if you click that link, you can receive a free report on the five biggest referral killers refer.com slash eternal leadership. Next time on eternal leadership, we invite Rory Vaden to come back.
2: Faith is the one choice that is all about how do you respond to failure? How do you respond to setbacks? How do you respond to tragedy? And, Uh, Take the Stairs Ultra Performer realizes that, look, even though in this moment something bad has happened, it's choosing to believe that what is happening now is somehow for a greater good later on.
0: For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.